get the show on the road. Welcome back to the Sports Booth Podcast. Myself and Husey running Hello. you through the week of sport that has just been. We will be touching on NRL Round 20. Uh, a, bit of, a bit of rugby chat, just a little bit, even though there wasn't much rugby on. And then the NFL is back, our oval sports. We love them. That is what we are here for. Husey, how are you, my friend? Weekend. Good weekend? Question mark? Uh, yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> Didn't really uh, do too much. Um, you know, I watched half of the Dragons game and then I turned <laughs> it off. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, and I was, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it as well, but, uh, you know, watching some of the Birmingham games um, for the Commonwealth games, some of that was pretty good too. So nice. we'll touch on that when we get to the rugby. Yes. Uh, we'll go straight into the NRL, I think. It was a, it was a, what I'd say is a good round of rugby league. Uh, a lot of games keeping us on our toes. Uh, we saw the you know the Tigers beat the Broncos, the Eels beat yeah. the Panthers, the Dragons hung in there for a while before they fell apart, as you mentioned. So, uh, do you want to start with your headlines, well, my friend? Yeah, I was going to say it's a, we, and I've done. I've uh, I've got to say I've uh, I've I've pushed myself this week. I've done a headline for every game for you this week. Oh, Luke, now, okay. I think we're going to do this a little bit differently because we're not going to put up eight different headlines on yeah, the you're Instagram. asking a lot oh, of me. That's too many. <laughs> that's a lot. What we'll do is is this is let's call this this is the this is the testing stage. Luke, and you're the judge here. You pick your top 2 out of oh, these okay. headlines. I'll let you know what my favorite is as well. Yep. And uh, then we'll put those two to the poll, Oops. right? Of of uh, of which one our our viewers can can vote on. I so, just 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 before you get started, the results yep. currently still live, but at the moment it's sixty one percent for Superman Dragons uh, versus thirty nine percent for the Stinking Storm. So oh, very nice. that that was the leader there. Yeah, uh, I, I've forgotten my own uh, my own headlines. Actually, no, <laughs> I haven't forgotten them. I've got them. Uh, Written down here, St. George's Superman serves sizable spanking to shocking sea eagles. I'm glad that one's got such a high percentage of the vote. <laughs> Versus Storm's stinking, stinking season and sinks his slick slept on South Surge semi-final. That's a tongue twister there. If I've ever heard it. But that is the challenge I set my, for myself here in Husey's hyperbolic headlines. So without a de- without further delay, um, I really should have put this, these into game order, in the order in which they were played. Uh when I wrote them down, but I didn't, but I'm going to do my best here <laughs> to, uh, to remember what order the games were, were played in and then, uh, put it in according. I've got it up here in front of me. So that's all good. Uh, okay. If I, uh, then it was, okay, here we go. All right. So our first one, our first hyperbolic headline. So this was for, uh, the, the, I guess the game that had the most eyes on it heading into the round, <laughs> the Seagulls versus the Roosters. Uh, so this one here, get your dic- get your thesauruses ready, folks. So righteous, rowdy roosters route religiously released raptors. <laughs> is for the Seagulls one there. Raptor is a bird of prey like a seagull. So oh, I see. Thesaurus out. <laughs> now, our next game was New Zealand Warriors versus the Melbourne Storm. Uh, this one, shell-shocked Storm stampede Stacey Jones' side to signal uh, side supreme skill. Uh, so that one I was a bit iffy on, uh, but you know, coming off that game and keeping terms of keeping us on our toes, the Storm are back at the top four, um, yeah. which after losing four in a row, you didn't think that would happen, but there we are. 
Game number three. A uh, crazy game, the Parramatta Eels versus the Penrith Panthers. Uh, predictably, patentless Parramatta pulls pants off popular premiership pick Penrith. Panthers' papa's pupil penalised. <laughs> the last part of that one's very good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Game number four. A game over... Uh, Titans... Oh, sorry. Team from Gold Coast versus the Raiders. A game overshadowed by some... Uh, locker room antics. So Ricky's Raiders run riot as raunchy ex-ruler removed for rebellious reefing. (laughs) Now, this next one's my favorite. So this was a golden point win uh, from the Sharks over the Rabbitohs. Now, my headlight here for this one actually has nothing to do with the game itself. Um, But this is my personal favorite of the round. Uh, Ravishing Rudolph reconfirms romantic reach, recommends respective rooting restrictions be removed. (laughs) So, of course, the uh, the great great. man Toby Rudolph uh, came out, I think, after the game and said he doesn't really, you know, he's obviously got uh, the gender he's more attracted to, but he's he's loving and open and he's, he's down for anything. So, you know. Now that is a and that is a manly man if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Uh, next, probably the upset of the round, I would say. Uh, and this one's a nice, short, and sweet headline here. Uh, wonderful West wound Walters's wild cards wishes. Ooh, yeah, I like. I like. Mm. Yep. Uh, all right. And then we have the Bulldogs versus the Knights, a battle of the the bottom four or bottom five. Now that the Bulldogs have won a few in a row, uh, Burton's Bulldogs blitz bottom dwelling O'Brien's boys. Oh, I do like that one. It's a solid one. Solid one. And last for the round, uh, we don't need to say too much about this game. <laughs> Drinkwater Downs Dismal Dragons diverts debate on divisive denouement. <laughs> what? what? Yeah. The, the even... divisive denouement means the, the d- divisive end, referring to last week's the end of last week's game. So he's taken I attention see. away from nice. the controversial end of the game by destroying the, the Dragons in the second half there, which the Cap was, of course, won 34-8. Uh, so yes. those are the eight headlines for the games of the week. Uh, just off the cuff, what are your what were your favourites there, Luke? I've got three favourites, so I'll have to cut one. But it's mm. the Eels and, and the Panthers one uh, with yep. the pupil. And then, mm. obviously, I don't say no to Rudolph, um, so I like Rudolph's one. And yep. Spurton's one was also also had me attached, but I think I'm going to go I'm going to go Rudolph against the uh, the the Parramatta Eels and Panthers one. I think I like those. That's, two. That's I want to I want to yeah. I want to see who gets the win out of that. That'll be some yeah. interest in it. So that'll be that'll be tough. So to recap, those were predictably patentless. Parramatta pulls pants off popular premiership pick Penrith. Panthers' papa's pupil penalised. <laughs> uh, that is a mouthful there. Uh, speaking of mouthfuls, ravishing Rudolph reconfirms romantic reach. Recommends respective rooting restrictions be removed. There we go. There will be the two. They'll be on our Instagram uh, yeah. for a vote. Uh, so make sure you vote uh, on that. And uh, I'll probably get that up hopefully tomorrow or Wednesday. So that's when the poll will yeah. be live for that one. Um, but very, very good, Hughesy. That was, that was up another level from last week, I must say. Um, yeah. So, yeah. We're getting I'm, towards I'm final impressed. time. We've got to step it up. You know? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Okay. The good, bad, and the ugly. Move on from mm. the hyperbolic headlines. I will start. My good, I'm going back to them. I'm back to the well again. Um, like. Mm-hmm. A man living in Kenya who needs his water. I like the Raiders. The Raiders are my good for this week. Because, yet again, they're starting to roll. 
and my prediction. The issue I'm starting to find now is one of these two teams are more likely going to make the top eight out of the Raiders and the Roosters. Now, I talk so highly of the Raiders, but I actually picked the Roosters to win it all this year or finish first. So either way, one of those two teams probably to miss out, one to make it, is going to leave me mm. looking with some egg on my face, but also some, um, I guess, pride in my picks. I, I, I would prefer the Raiders to make it because I don't actually mind the Roosters missing out. The only thing I think would be disappointing if the Roosters mix out is that you miss watching Joey Manu and Tedesco playing in the finals and they're two of the best players in the yeah. game at the moment. So that would that would be the only disappointing thing. So I think they're, yeah, the good for me there are the Raiders looking like they're going to roll a massive game this week against the Panthers. We kind of signalled it pre the Cleary injury, but now that uh, Cleary, Cleary suspension, but now that Cleary's gone, um, they, they would I would say they just about going as favourites, uh, the Raiders, which is a, is a must win for them. Mm. On the bad side, it's the Broncos again. This is what, it happened early in the season. I think they shot up to like three in a row and then lost to uh, a couple of games, and they just didn't look great. They got pumped by the Cowboys by like thirty points, and that this game was very re- reminiscent of that game for me. It's like when the Broncos are good, they're they're, they're hard to stop. When they're bad, they can they can look so bad sometimes. So that was one of those moments where I was like. Man, at their peak, that they can be a contender. At their worst, they're still that team that that won the wooden spoon a couple of years ago. So uh, that's what I just saw from the Tigers game. As great as the Tigers were, I think the Broncos were bad more than the Titans were. Uh, Titans, the Tigers were good. Uh, and then to finish it off with my ugly, it was the incidents. Now there were some key incidents in this round that that took away from the round realistically. And those mm. incidents were obviously Nathan Cleary's tackle, his his tip tackle on Dylan Brown. You had George Birch, which resulted in send off. You had George Bird, no. Tom Burgess getting sent off from the uh, Rabbitohs with a high shot and uh, at Golden Point. There we had Nelson Osofa Solomona drop an elbow into Wayne Egan's uh, face and and kind of get nothing from it, not even a suspension it looks like. Uh, and a couple others, um, I know Jared Worry hit Hargreaves' uh, elbow into Fulton was 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 highly publicised as well. And so it was just kind of a, a day for or a weekend where those were the main talking points. And uh, off the back of it, you know, you see obviously Cleary getting five weeks and then there's mm. Nelson Osofa Solomona getting, you know, realistically none for, for dropping an elbow and it's, it's kind of left you, you know, a little bit of a sour taste of of the match review committee and just all of those situations like how how you know being without Cleary for five weeks is, is is disappointing he made a terrible tackle and those tackles have to be stamped out of the game don't get me wrong but it's just yeah. it does put a bit of a dampener with all of those incidents 100% agree um yeah it's a bit, a bit of inconsistency um, I don't th- I think they've released how how long pa- uh, Carrigan's going to get, but he was referred straight to the um, the judiciary. So you expect a couple of weeks at least. Which going back to your um, bad for the Broncos is not going to help their chances at all. Um, I'd yeah I yeah it's a t- it's a tough road for the Broncos to make the the top four. You'd think the Storm have got a gimme win this week against the team from Gold Coast, while the Broncos are up against uh, uh, an informed Roosters team. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough row for a top four for the Broncos. But the fact that they're in the top eight this year is uh, is is a really good turnaround from a team that was 15th last year and 16th the year before. So, look, definitely building up there in Brisbane. Uh, on to my good, bad, and the ugly. My good uh, for the round. I mean, how can you go by the the West Tigers? 
uh, redemption. They should have won last week. They won this week. Uh, and look, it, it, it's really crazy to think that two weeks in a row, they've gone up against teams that were in the top four and took it to them and realistically should have won both games. Like they should have won yeah. that game against the Cowboys. They did win this game against the Broncos and look good doing it. Uh, Look, maybe Luke Brooks has been the problem, like everyone's been saying. <laughs> uh, right, Jock Madden looked at home there in the halves. Uh, Adam Dewey, I think, has been a loss for the Tigers that hasn't been talked about enough because he was amazing for them uh, once again. Uh, you know, you, you, with Luciano Lelua leaving, you thought maybe that uh, sort of the raps were escaping the sinking ship, as it were. But it looks like it's actually, you know, all the adversity, you know, the coach being fired, everything has bound this Tigers team uh, together a bit. And those sort of bonds uh, forged in adversity uh, can really make for a solid team going forward. And, you know, you, you hope for next year uh, for the Tigers that it's even better. You know, there's these stories still hovering around about Isaiah Papali'i uh, wanting to renege on his contract or his, his, his contract for next year with the Tigers. Uh, you know, they say where they smoke this fire, maybe he's a bit uncertain, but... Uh, I, I think he, he still will probably go there. Um, Appy Coruscant is going to the Tigers next year as well, I believe. So a few solid pieces being added into the mix there. Um, I think Jackson Hastings and, and Adam Dewey will be a terrific halves combo for them as well. Uh, yeah, look, I think, th- think things are looking up a little bit for the West Tigers, despite them uh, being second bottom on the ladder, uh, just above the, the team from the, the Gold Coast, which um, they'll be happy about. Uh, so, yeah, my good for the week was the West Tigers. Um, they won this week. I think they were pretty fired up after last week. Now, my bad for the week is is actually off the back of some good. So, uh, as mentioned in my headlines, the, the Bulldogs uh, took it to the Knights uh, this week. Now, the Bulldogs have won uh, two, two games running. Now, for sure, those games have been against the team from the Gold Coast and Newcastle, uh, two bottom three sides. But Bulldogs were wooden spooners last year. These Everybody beat them last year. Everybody beat the Bulldogs last year. But the combinations that, that they're building, uh, Matt Burton and Josh Adokar are foundational pieces of that that team. Uh, Tavita Pangai is bruising people in the forwards. Uh, Jacob Karaz, I believe, is a, is a great addition on that that back line as cool well. And you've got some other really good pieces coming next year. Kekau and Reed Marnie uh, and others and things like that. So the so things looking up for the Bulldogs. But what it does is it makes me go back and I think it casts even more of a negative light on Freddie's decision to not include Josh Adokar in the Blue squad. Now, Freddie's typically had a a coaching philosophy for the Blues, or a selection philosophy, I should say, rather, for the Blues of only picking players from teams who aren't in a bit of, aren't facing a bit of internal strife and turmoil because he thinks that strife and turmoil will sort of take away from their focus uh, and he doesn't want to bring that turmoil into his Blues squad and equally he doesn't want to cause even more disruption for already struggling teams. Now, I think he's going to have to rethink that, uh, especially after... Look, for Queens, this has always been the case for Origin, right? Queensland has had typically a shallower pool to, to bring in players from because there's a, there's, there's a smaller amount of Queensland teams. Um, they've, they've had great talent, though. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. Had, there's a lot of talent there, especially exhibited this year as well and from that eight-year streak as well. They've had a lot of talent. Their core pieces have always been fantastic. 
my, my bad for the week is just looking is it's honestly Freddie's and the New South Wales Blues selection policy based on what we've been seeing from a few of the players that weren't in the squad. So namely Josh Adokar, but also Jack Whiten has been playing really well for the Raiders uh, as well. So yeah, I think that's going to be some some seasonal examination from Freddie and the Blues. And I think, yeah, that's that's really... Look at the results this weekend. It's caused me to really look at that philosophy of Freddie's and think it's time for a little bit of a change here. Um, as we said in our Origin recap, Freddie's coached five series, he's won three, but he could have won all five. He, we could be on a five-series win streak right here. On to the ugly, to, to round us out for the good, bag and the ugly. Uh, it's got to be the Dragons' second-half collapse. I mean, the first half from the Dragons were, was a great... First half against a top four, a top, top four team that has been informed with some great representative players having absolute flyers seasons. The Dragons came out in the first half with physical, up in their face, some massive hits from their players, some tremendous defense on their own goal line, some good attacking moves as well. I saw a lot of attacking flair in the first half from the Dragons where they're cutting the ball loose a bit more, which you love to see. And, and signs were positive heading into the second half. And then it just all went wrong. It went wrong with, and I could tell you exactly where it went wrong, where uh, where Scott Drinkwater pulled an incredible move uh, on, on uh, Jack Bird, where uh, it's such a little thing, but it was his positioning while he was catching a pass. Instead of just running straight onto the ball, he was sort of running at an angle a little bit to the side and just gave him the pace he needed to get around the outside of Bird and set up that try. And then from there, the dominoes just kept falling over for the Cowboys and the Dragons collapsed, which as a Dragons fan, it's very disappointing to see. Um, and it, of course, puts the finals hopes for the Dragons in serious doubt heading forward. They've got a tough game against the Sharks coming up. Uh, it really, it's a four-horse race at the moment for that for one position between the Roosters, Raiders, Seagulls, and Dragons. Uh, and the point differential is, of course, hurting the Dragons the most out of all of those teams. Uh, and they do have a tough run home. So yeah. that second half collapse from the Dragons. Look, I mean, other than delusional Dragons fans like myself, I don't think many people were expecting the Dragons to win. But there was a chance. Jim Carrey memes, so you're telling me there's a chance, especially after the first <laughs> half. And to see them collapse in the second half the way they did, I think is disappointing. Um, I think a lot of the internal struggles that are happening at the club are starting to be felt on the field. Um, and yeah, look, it's uh, it, it's tough to see where we go from here. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think... I got back in the car after doing some shopping and uh, Gordon Tellis was wrapping up the game and he goes, the Dragons didn't lose the game on effort. And like you said, in that first half, like there were, like from the sounds of it, some big hits. And and I don't think it was in an effort. Uh, the, the Dragons issues at the moment aren't effort-wise. Like when I watch a Dragons game, they're, they're, they're in these games and they're, they're, you know, they're putting their body on the line in situations like that. I, uh, it is more just a, a pure... Partial skill base, maybe coach base, a little bit of like what you're saying, internal issues there. Mm. Um, and again, it was it was one of the points, and I'll probably bring it up maybe at the at the end of the season to, to kind of get you to do a real rundown because I'm interested where to next because we we talked about them preseason, especially we had the court case with them. I said they would finish 12th if if all go, things go considered, they could finish 11th. Like they're not going to finish 12th, but that's 11th. They were 11th last year, I believe. Was that right? They were tenth last tenth last year. They've taken a step back when you know there was a lot of talk at the at the start of the season. Not not so much that they were going to be a top eight team, but they were the dark horses to make the top eight. Like we weren't saying, yeah, they were greatly improved. But we've talked about a lot on, on this podcast. Is there was a lot of youth, 
belief there and really we're only seeing a lot from Amon at the moment we haven't seen the the likes of Sloan or, or Sullivan I know Sullivan was injured and stuff and, and when you know Ramsey's taken a massive step up but he goes injured and they choose Mbai at the back there's just there mm. are some questions and I can understand um, what Hook was thinking with putting Mbai at the back if it was giving them the best chance to win and, and, and at half time like you said you could say that there was a good chance that they were in that game that they could have won it and then it just fell apart. But, yeah, I think uh, definitely at the end of the season, uh, we'll get we'll get a, a good 10 minutes from you on, on kind of the breakdown yeah. because I think there are a lot of questions that need to be answered now there. Because because Benny Hunt's, you've got to look at Benny Hunt having one of the best seasons he's had to date, you know, up in the top with the Dally M. So it's not like you're not yeah. missing a key with, playmaker. So Yeah, with Nathan Cleary ineligible for a Dally M for this season after his suspension, Ben Hunt would be probably one of the favourites to take it out. I would think, given that every Dragons win this year, he's played a massive part in. Um, and look, as much as you can say the Dragons have taken a step back, they've actually already this year won more games than they did last year. So last year they uh, won eight games and lost 11. Uh, oh, sorry, by, sorry, that was at this point last year. Yeah. Um, but they then lost all the rest of the remainder of the season. Last year they were eight and sixteen, um, and they finished eleventh. Uh, um, I think I said earlier they finished tenth, but no, it was actually eleventh. So that's yep. my bad. Um, so yeah, the Dragons yeah. finished that season in eleventh, eight and sixteen. Right, a a, a one third win percentage. Uh, this year they've already won more games than they did last year, which is great, which is an improvement. But the rest of the competition has been better as well. The the lower half of the competition has been worse. The top half of the competition has been better, and the Dragons haven't kept up. Now, I, I must say, just so, quick, so there is improvement from the Dragons, but just not enough, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, the, whoever misses out on eighth spot, you know, when you look at last year and, and the team from Gold Coast got in there with more losses than wins, it's going to be pretty heartbreaking. Even the Roosters, Raiders, yeah. Eagles, or if the Dragons do manage to come home strong and surprise everyone, um, it's yeah, someone's going to someone's going to just miss out and it'll be heartbreak. So interesting. Um, shall we move on to the the union side of things? Uh, yeah, just before we do, I just wanted to. Um, I didn't put this in the run sheet. I meant to. Sorry, but um, obviously last week we had our big discussion over the jersey thing as it broke. Um, as it broke that day, and then throughout the week there was a lot of discussion about it, especially leading up to the Manly and, and Roosters game. I just wanted to say a bit more um, on that uh, as uh, as a fan of, of rugby league and sports in general, and as just and really as a um, I like to think a conscientious human being. Uh, so I guess sort of to put to what I want to say in addition to what I said last week was um, the purpose of the pride Jersey as has been put forward by Manly and the purpose of pride in general is to show inclusivity is to bring people uh, into the game or to show people that you're welcome here, which I don't think anyone should have a problem with that message, religious beliefs or no, and I think it is very sad if your religious beliefs say, no, you have to exclude these people. And I, I think that's a very poor foundation of religion. And all of the, the the best Christian people I have met, I've met a lot of them and I know a lot of them that have nothing but love uh, and, and tolerance and inclusivity in their hearts. That's their foundation as well, has, has been, uh, you, you know, while it might not be for us, we accept and love you for who you are. And at the end of the day, that's what, you know, I, I don't pretend to be 
uh, to to be particularly religiously knowledgeable. But what I have been told uh, is that God loves everyone. Supposedly, that's the message of the Bible: is God loves everyone, and and I think that's that's a good message for for sports and inclusivity as well. Is that uh, we love everyone and we want everyone to be a part of things, right? And and of course, rugby league has traditionally and and sports in general has traditionally been a place and places that for for people of differing sexual orientations and gender identities has been a tough, tough place to be a part of. And we're still seeing it at the moment with lots of um, sports ruling bodies uh, making decisions about trans people and, and things like that. Um, so it's been a tough, tough place. And and to say that you're not welcome here, I think is a really tough and horrible thing to say. Because it's not saying that... Because uh, the, the jersey's not saying that um gay is the way as i think some pe- people have put it it's about saying uh you're welcome in this space you're welcome in rugby league and i think what sport should be saying in general is that you're welcome in in sport um you know we 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 accept you for who you are there's a place at the table for you um and, and i think there's a, a it's sort of a, it doesn't set, get spoken a lot in, in a team environment you know it's not often a conversation that's uh, brought up in the locker rooms. And it's a tough thing to bring up in a locker room where you are so close uh, with each other, but you do forge bonds and brotherhoods in there. We've both played sport. We've played for the same club uh, and you know, the bonds with the guys that you make there uh, are amazing. That's where, that's where this podcast started was because we played rugby at the same club and we uh, worked together on sports with stuff. And, and then that's, and then you approached me to make this podcast. So sport creates those bonds and, uh, to be excluding anyone from that environment saying, no, you're not welcome here, I think is detrimental to sport as a whole because we should be wanting to bring in as many people uh, to sports as possible and, and, and to, to find those people that are struggling and, and to give them a space where they can be a part of something bigger because there's a lot of uh, lonely kids out there struggling with their identity and you know, it doesn't even need to be bringing them into the conversation and making it about their sexuality, right? It's just that even if you, no matter what sexuality you have, you're welcome here. And we we want you to be a part of things. You should feel welcome here. And we can talk about, it's a lot of times, you know, the thing where uh, if someone's got an issue and they just want to talk about anything but the issue just to feel welcome, but they're just so consumed by it that they can't think about anyone else, anything else. And that's what... Uh, I think this can do. It can be a powerful force to say, we can just come in here and chat about sports. We chat about other stuff, and you can fit, you have friends. You've got people um, who love and support you all around. So I think a lot of people who are taking it as, um, you know, oh, politics and sport. First of all, it's not politics. It's it's just not that. And I, I hate that comparison. And I, I wrote a thing about it how you're equivalenting it to the same sort of grubby behaviour as like John Barillaro and other corrupt politicians. Um, it's not politics, and uh, or to say it's a lifestyle choice. No, it's not a lifestyle choice. Um, oh, it's. A, I saw someone say that um, it's it's a trend, right? It's just it's just a, it's a fad. It's like well. Differing sexualities have been around since before Christianity, so by that logic, Christianity is a trend, yeah. right? And more, most world religions are, are, are newer than differing sexualities, right? Um, and there's so many different excuses about it. Or, you know, it's celebrating um, uh, uh, sexual lifestyles and things like that. Why don't we have BDSM around and things like that? And that's just that's not what it's about, right? It's not even about um, about 
it's going to sound strange to say, but it's not even about being gay or LGBTQ or, or whatever. It's about it's about everyone and saying everyone is welcome. And then there were a few posts that said, you know, what about when's Christian round? When's uh, when's child protection round and things like that? And I thought, well, you know what? That's actually not a bad idea, right? Why don't and and again, I'm going to come back to Freddie Fittler. And this might sound like an anti-Freddie Fittler podcast, but he came out during the week and said there should just be one jersey. There should just be three jerseys in the season: home, away, and Indigenous representation. I've got to say, I disagree with that. I really think that there should be more differing jerseys, and not even just for for sale, but for uh, even if it's just a home jersey with different things on it, where we can advance these amazing social causes that need um, attention and rugby league can become a force for for good and other sports will can become a force for representation and, and fighting uh, social injustice and things like that. So you could have like a religious um, tolerance round where you have quotes or symbols or imagery or something representing all religions and encouraging tolerance for different religions, because that is still a problem in this country uh, of different religions being uh, discriminated against. You could have a, uh, you know, we've got our women in league round, which is great, but we could also have a fight against domestic violence round. We could have a child protection round. We have so many different amazing causes on such a visible platform that I think would really bring, I think, I think you just, you, you, everyone's a winner in that case. These causes get, um, the attention that they deserve. The NRL um, gets more people uh, viewing because they they are a force for good, uh, and, and you know, the, the players get to uh, live up to the I guess idolatry that that young kids put on them. That, that these sporting players are their heroes, and you know what they can be heroes. They can be heroes by by representing and and helping out other people in this way. So. Um, so, so to wrap it all up, really, I think the whole jersey thing, I think people got the wrong idea about it. I really hope that there is a pride round next year, as a lot of players are call, called for, like Toby Rudolph and um, Elliot Whitehead, uh, Trent Robinson and things like that. And I hope there's more special rounds uh, next year because uh, sport uh, is an amazing thing and it can be a force for a tremendous good. Um, and in the past, it's been a, a force for bad, you know, with uh, the money going to players' heads, Drugs, partying, violence, uh, criminal behavior in a lot of cases and reversing that and the reputation of rugby league and sport in general, I think, is an important thing. And I'm glad that Manly stuck to their guns about the jersey. I'm glad that the NRL backed them uh, and I hope to see more of it next year. Couldn't agree more. And I think in the end, as much as a, as a new story as it is, uh, again, it's just terrible to say, but, you know, like you know, when you say no bad news, you know, any good news is, is good news type thing like that it's turned it's turned out well and we said it as it broke last time it would be interesting to see the response the way i think the players were supported was was well done because again like like we've said it's it's as much as it is i guess it was not like an ugly like we said last week it isn't ugly it's a blight on the game they still deserve to be supported and, and you don't want to you know criticize them too heavily for, for for speaking up for what their what their freedom of speech is but again we we can also disagree with that and say that it's wrong and i, I love the way that uh peter volandes has has definitely handled this i think it's a 
it was a great situation. Pretty much coming out and saying exactly what you said. It's not it's not a political thing. This isn't you know, as yep. much as we can say keep politics out of sport, this isn't a political thing. This is a way of life. So I think you wrapped it up really well and I think you you made your point yeah. very clear, I guess I, I, better than I could. <laughs> I, I will say I will say thanks. I will say one thing here, which is that Manly absolutely mishandled the whole thing by not talking to the players before, by sort of springing it on. And also I think the NRL did it wrong by putting it in the women in league round. The the women in league round is such a worthy thing. Um, and with the new NRLW season coming up, uh, with the, uh, how successful it's been and how it's continually growing, um, I think that was a mistake. So definitely not a, a perfect situation. So I don't think the, the, the players aren't fully to, to blame here at all. And, you know, I think having... So, educational uh help during the week you know like have ian roberts come in and talk to players about you know what it what it means to him um you know having played for the club as the first openly gay player and things like that what pride means and 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 answer their questions and assuage their doubts and things like that because you know as much as you know people like to to grandstand and myself included about you know how we should be tolerant and things like that we there are lots of different upbringings in this country which i think is fantastic as i've said previously um in in the multicultural nature of this country and rugby league and so you, you know you have to recognize that and you have to be educated in these things and i think that would be great for you know like religious tolerance around as well as to have all these players educated on different religions and cultures and traditions and things like that so yeah i, I i'm all for uh, all those positive things coming out of it, and hopefully we do see more positivity coming out of it. Definitely. Shall we move on to Rugby Union? Yes, let's, let's do. Let's do that. righty. so yeah, not a lot of Rugby Union, but there's a couple of things on the way. There was, the obviously, the Sevens over in the Commonwealth mm-hmm. Games. Um, the Aussie woman taking home gold, uh, yes. beating Fiji yeah. in the final. Uh, and the New Zealand woman winning bronze, and then in the men's, it was the South African men absolutely yeah. running riot over the Fijian Let's men walk. in the final, and the New Zealand men winning bronze. So are we happy with bronze, New Zealand fans? Of course not. We expect gold. But congratulations to the Aussie girls. Congratulations to the South African yeah. men's. I think it's a uh, a fantastic achievement for for the Australians, especially um, beating us. It's in the, the first goal they they've won. Mm-hmm. I think the the Australian women. So really uh, excellent work there. It's a tremendous players in that team. Obviously Charlotte Caslick is the main player that Star. comes to mind. The captain yep. who's been just a force for for ages and is such a good player. So yeah, congratulations to the girls and overall the Commonwealth Games. Um, Aussies leading the charge in the medal count. I don't know if you've uh, if you've seen that, but uh, it's been a good Commonwealth Games for Australia. No, I, I. To be fair, for someone who who used to be very heavily involved with athletics, uh, I haven't actually watched most much Commonwealth Games, uh, and haven't actually kept up with the news either, which is a bit unfortunate on my on my behalf. But well, I'm New too Zealand's busy running third, sports booth. So Jesus, are we? God. Com- yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a, so Australia. Well, so Australia's it's a one horse uh, race. First with, <laughs> Australia, yeah, Australia's first with fifty two medals. Um, 22 gold, 13 silver, 17 bronze. England's second with 34, 11 gold, 16 silver, and 7 bronze. And New Zealand is third because they have 10 gold medals, 5 silver, and 4 bronze for a total of 19. Now, uh, obviously, gold and silver are weighted uh, more than bronze. Uh, But, yeah, New Zealand do have the uh, the third highest uh, tally of medals there. Um, But, yeah, Australia doing... uh, Doing nicely for themselves in these games. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, 
moving on to the proper rugby now, not the sevens game, the fifteens game. I shouldn't say it's proper, but it is proper rugby. Uh, the start of the rugby championship is on its way. Yeah. I thought we'd do a slight little preview, um, kind of look a bit into it. Favourites are still New Zealand um, on the betting agencies, but it's just, they are just, I think it's uh, 20 cents difference between them and the Springboks. Uh, Australia in a third place, but I think they're even playing like free free thirty something like that. So it's not ridiculous odds. And Argentina coming in fourth. I kind of wanted to get a prediction from you yourself. You've already heard mine. I'm predicting an Australian win. Um, yeah, but a New Zealand Bledisloe win just to make sure everyone goes that. Um, what do you think, my friend? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I agree with you that Australia's going to win. <laughs> um, I mean, because my my bold one of my bold predictions at the start of the year was Australia would recapture the Bledisloe this year, and uh, with with the state of the All Blacks this year, um, where they're where they're slightly less than perfect, is uh, <laughs> is, is the best chance Australia will probably have. I think. Um, yeah, I I think probably Quade Cooper's importance to the side can't be understated. I think he's. Uh, no big knock against Noel Olaseo, but you need that experience at 10. I think Noah's still got a bit of growing to do, a bit of maturity and experience needed to be gained. Um, and sort of the, 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 the chat about him has been his youth. Uh, the benefit of his youth has will be his um, his attacking flair, which I don't think we saw a whole lot of actually against England. Uh, we saw some great backline moves. Uh, and, and I think Noel was probably let down a little bit by the Aussie forwards. Uh, but yeah, I think Quaid's sort of quiet, calm leadership will be um, a big boost to the Aussies. Um, yeah, look, uh, thankfully our series starts in um, Argentina, so we've got a bit of a, um, you know, Argentina's not an easy team by any means, but out of all the three possible opponents, they're <laughs> definitely the third ranked, yeah. right? And that's, you know, but they're closing the gap every year. They're getting tougher and tougher every year. And especially with Michael Checker coaching them, they've got an extra... Uh, incentive against the Wallabies. So I don't think it will be an easy start, but it will be the easiest start that Australia could could hope for. Um, and then playing South Africa on home soil, I think will be uh, will be good for the Aussies as well. Um, yeah, I could see Australia jumping out to a four and zero lead in the in the championship, but it is going to come down to those games uh, against New Zealand, um, and that those will be a struggle for Australia. They always are. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Australia has, you know, Samu Karevi should be back by the time of the South Africa series. I don't. I think they. You know, he's obviously not playing in the Argentina series, um, and his injury from the Commonwealth Games doesn't look to be too serious. So should be back by the South Africa series, which I think will be really important for Australia as well. Definitely. So you're saying an Aussie win? Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> uh, and as good as we say, as we're talking, leading on to an Aussie win, uh, it means that the All Blacks are in more turmoil if that happens, as they currently are. I don't know if you've seen much of the news flying around New Zealand media, um, but a lot a lot of words being used, a lot of criticism. Mm. Steve Hansen led the charge on a radio interview, pretty much saying the relationship between the board and New Zealand rugby um, and the coach and the players is at its almost, utmost worst. Um, and actually being backed up by uh, the man we mentioned last week, David Moffat, uh, who actually has come out of the, the woodworks, just as I said uh, last week, how he, he kind of yeah. predicted the future. He come out and uh, kind of said, yeah, that's a, it's a bit of a dis- disarray at the moment. Uh, I did it- see um, I did see Razor 
uh, sort of put an ultimatum to New Zealand as well. It basically said, if I'm not coaching New Zealand, I'll, I'll coach anyone else, even in Australia. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I fuel, mean, I fuel, some, <laughs> fuel some fire onto that uh, onto the yeah. already burning issue that is New Zealand rugby by yeah saying he's he's more than happy to go overseas. And I know Jeff Wilson's come out and been critical of that, saying it's it's not the right time to do that. But I was kind of like, well. I don't think we're in any position. They declined to. Yep. He's allowed to say whatever he wants. I also think, I reckon New Zealand rugby's gone to him and said, wait until the end of the rugby championship. At the end of the rugby championship, if, if things have gone New Zealand's way, let's say we go undefeated, they recommit to Ian Foster. He's got them all back on track. Say it's a shit show, say we lose. Say even if we win the Bledisloe but come second in, in the rugby championship, I don't think, I, I think that may be not enough to keep Ian Foster. You heard it here first. I think that if he does not win the rugby championship, they will be looking elsewhere and their first person will be Razor. So I wouldn't be surprised if Rugby New Zealand have, you know, tapped him on the shoulder, gone secret interview out the back, say, hey, if if we don't if we if the rugby championship doesn't go the way we want, you will be the New Zealand coach. And then mm. they've kind of safeguarded themselves. If if Ian Foster does win it, cool. Razor, you go on, you do your thing. We're all looking a bit better. If if he doesn't, Razor's in, Foster's out. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this rugby championship. It'll be a it'll be a good one, and um, those Australia versus those Wallabies versus All Blacks games will be crackers as they always are. Hundred percent. To finish off today, Madden NFL, whatever you want to call it, American football yeah. is slowly waking its way back. NFL preseason sure about a, cap. about a week away. We've had some big news coming over the recent. Days Zebo yeah. resigned for the 49ers, got his extension. Um, DK Metcalf, Metcalf, one big well. one. Uh, we've got Deshaun Watson's um, case is about to be sorted, or, or the results are going to be announced on Monday, so Tuesday our time, Monday in America. So a lot of big news, and then yeah, the preseason kicks off with. I believe we discussed it was the Lions and the Jags kick us off in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, the, the Raiders and the Jaguars Raiders Hall of Fame game this Friday for us here in Australia and New Zealand, uh, and then after that into the the regulation preseason. And uh, yeah, I've got it on my phone. I believe we are. Uh, I'll just double check here. I think we're forty two days away from the re- thirty nine days away from NFL 39. kickoff. Well, under forty. Just over a month. That is big, yeah. And we'll be more and more NFL content will be coming out from us. Um, so stay tuned for that. A bit of. Pre-season chat, our guide to the season, maybe some fantasy chat in there for all those fantasy yeah. lovers as well. We will be getting onto that, have a sports booth fantasy league going or something like that. Anything else from the headlines that we missed, big old hyperbolic Husey? Uh, <laughs> not that comes to mind immediately. Um, yeah, I'm very, personally very excited about the, the upcoming NFL season. Word out of the Steelers' camp is how scary the defense looks, which I'm excited for. I love a team with a spectacular defense, so that'll be good. Uh, and, yeah, just looking forward to the return of the NFL. EPL and all the football leagues kick off in about uh, six days or six, seven days as well, so we will yep. be ready for that. So just keep keep tuned to our Instagram page, our YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe uh, for all the latest videos. Our- oh, I guess uh, <laughs> one thing we could plug here, uh, as well is, um, is is we made a video 
um, about in the in the rugby context. Maybe we should have said this in the rugby segment. But uh, we we put together a video. Uh, well, I so we put together. Luke put together a video. <laughs> I just sat sat here and was recorded. Uh, we put together uh, our ultimate uh, Sansar fifteen team. So sort of like the Southern Hemisphere version of the British and Irish Lions. Uh, so check that out on our, our YouTube channel and look at the fucking deadly squad that that is on paper and uh yeah <laughs> put some pressure on your local representatives go up to all the rugby people you know and demand that this concept be made real 100 percent. yes our sansa xv it was a good video very good video have a watch yeah have a have a listen to our explanations um but for now thank you for joining us uh on another episode of the sports booth podcast we will talk to you again next week see ya peace